0: Welcome to the Friday Five, a series in which we cover five stories in health and science research over the previous week that you may have missed. There are plenty of controversies and ethical issues in science, and we get into many of them in our online magazine. But there are also lots of stories to be excited about, and this news roundup is focused on scientific work to give you a therapeutic dose of inspiration headed into the weekend. First up in the Friday Five, a study led by Stanford has found scientific evidence for the expression, fake it till you make it. Even if you're convinced the world is going to hell in a handbasket filled with COVID, evil dictators, and nukes, happiness may be a facial expression away, or at least a fleeting version of happiness. All you have to do is smile. The research team asked almost 4,000 people from 19 countries to do exactly that, to see how it affected their emotions. The scientists were especially interested what difference it made how people formed their smiles. Some were asked to look at photos of actors and mimic their smiles. To insult the intelligence of their study participants, the researchers gave a second group instructions on how to smile, moving the corners of their mouths toward their ears. And a third group actually was asked to stick a pen in their mouths in order to form the smiles. Then they spent some time solving random math problems, looking at happy pictures of puppies, or staring at a blank wall. And after that, they reported how they felt And there was a large uptick in feelings of happiness for the first two groups, not the pen and mouth group. The researchers say this study is an important step in showing how closely our emotions are tied to how we move our face and bodies. The research also suggests that other facial expressions like frowning could affect emotions. And in case you've been sticking a pen in your mouth to feel better, you're probably scientifically justified to stop doing that. Next up, virtual reality headsets can be a great tool for staying healthy with exercise and meditation, but it's also increasingly proven to help people who are sick. The latest example is a study involving people with a type of constant indigestion that affects 10 to 30% of people worldwide. It's called functional dyspepsia, and symptoms include nausea, heartburn, bloating, and stomach pain. In a study by researchers at the Mayo Clinic, people with functional dyspepsia were divided into two groups, one that watched videos of nature on flat screens, while the other group wore virtual reality headsets to immerse themselves in these scenes. They used these technologies at least once per day for a couple of weeks. Both groups saw improvements in how they felt, but whereas the group watching in 2D saw their scores of quality of life, measured by a commonly used index of dyspepsia, go up, the virtual reality group jumped much higher on this index, The VR seems to help people by distracting them from their pain and getting them to focus on thoughts and feelings that aren't related to their discomfort. Currently, there are no treatments blessed by the FDA for functional dyspepsia, and this was a small study with just 37 adults, but it's the first study to look at VR for this particular issue. The FDA does already recognize VR as a novel therapy for other purposes, such as cognitive behavioral therapy and chronic back pain. Going forward, the team at Mayo Clinic is looking to expand to larger and longer trials. And it's a double win this week for those of you out there hoping to become cyborgs one day, with fascinating research on both blood vessels and muscles that were made by scientists in their labs. As for the blood vessels, scientists at the University of Sydney built a vessel out of two materials that occur in nature and were chosen because they're elastic so they can stretch just like real blood vessels do as the flow of blood increases. When the scientists stuck these tubes into mice, their bodies had no trouble adapting to them and using them as new blood vessels, suggesting they can enjoy the rest of their mouse lives with them. Surgeons already use another kind of synthetic vessel for kids who have problems with their natural blood vessels, but the issue is that they're not elastic and the kids quickly outgrow them. Because of the elastic, these new vessels could keep up with these kids as they grow. The research team also thinks this material could form the basis for other synthetic tissues. Speaking of which, another team at the Israel Institute of Technology announced they were able to make a type of muscle that's custom-made to soak up large amounts of sugar that are traveling through the blood vessels and damaging the health of so many people eating the standard American diet. The researchers did this by making changes to muscle cells so they produce more of a protein called glucose transporter type 4, or GLUT4, No relationship, by the way, to your glute leg muscles. Glute 4 plays an important role in taking up sugar and converting it to energy. In their study, just announced but yet to be published, the Israeli team was able to grow muscle tissue that included this change. And the team's measurements showed that the tissue worked to absorb much more sugar compared to lame old natural muscles. In mice, at least, blood sugar dropped 20%. More research is needed before this method could be used in humans, but in the future, the scientists think that people who have diabetes could inject this tissue every once in a while instead of constantly injecting insulin to lower their blood sugar. Next up in the Friday Five, research seems to be piling up on the importance of keeping healthy circadian rhythms. A recent study published in Science Advances shows a link between these rhythms getting disrupted and lung cancer. Circadian rhythms are the body's 24-hour cycles, including sleepiness, hunger, and regular changes in body temperature. Having a healthy rhythm is very much linked to daylight taken in through the eyes, which use this information to send signals that go to a deep-down part of the brain called the suprachiasmatic nucleus that serves as the master clock of the body. That's why people who are working night shifts and sleep during the day, or people who eat really late at night when your body thinks it should be inactive, can develop chronic health problems. Now scientists at Scripps Research Institute have found a specific gene that's affected by out of whack circadian cycles. This gene is called HSF1, and it can trigger the development of tumors in our lungs. Although the research was done in mice, previous studies strongly suggest the same link between disruptions in circadian rhythm and tumors in humans. Before this research, scientists had yet to understand that HSF1 can have this effect, The study also backs up the hypothesis that the lungs are especially at risk when we live against our biological clocks. Last but not least in this week's Friday Five, cities are getting bigger and we need to figure out how to make them more friendly to the environment. But it's also important to make cities friendlier to our stomachs as urban areas take over land that used to be farms. Thus, the idea of rooftop farms was born. But it turns out that growing crops on skyscrapers is as hard as it sounds, due to extra radiation coming from the sun. Plus, it's really windy up there, and the soil dries up faster. But researchers at Boston University had an unusual idea. Could they use the stuff coming from the building's exhaust vents to counter these problems? They planted two crops, spinach and corn, on top of a large building on the BU campus. Then they aimed the building's exhaust fans right at the crops, and found the spinach next to these vents grew four times as much as the spinach next to a fan without any exhaust. What was the magic ingredient in the vents? They were churning out really high amounts of carbon dioxide, which helps plants use water more efficiently. As for the corn, the research team didn't even really expect it to grow that much, but its yield was two to three times the control group. The approach isn't really ready for prime time on a wide scale until more studies can figure out the best speed of the fans for optimal growth. But once that gets ironed out, this method could be a great way to increase the food production of cities and put all that carbon dioxide coming from its buildings to good use. As always, you can find links to each study I've discussed this week in the show notes. And please check out the Leaps.org magazine online, where you can learn about the most important challenges and developments in science, such as this week, an article about the wave of new therapies that could be coming now that a person's genome can be sequenced for just $100. Overall, the Leaps.org platform looks at innovations through the lens of rational optimism. You can find out what to be concerned about, but we also tell you which scientific breakthroughs are giving reason for excitement. Thanks for listening to the Friday Five, and have a great weekend.